Well, well, Simon, how are you today? I'm okay, how are you? I'm fantastic, thank you. Good Have you stuff. watched the film, Filth? <laughs> I did. Good. And it was shocking. Shocking. Sexism, racism, oppression, homophobia, brutality. All Great the, choice, Jack. All Great choice. <laughs> all the ingredients for a good movie. Um, are you going to count us in for a change, Simon? I will do. A one, a two, a one, two, three, four. Welcome to the Blackadder's Employment Team Podcast, where you have your very own employment lawyer in your pocket. This podcast is aimed for managers and business owners and intends to keep you on the straight and narrow with your staff. This is our The Law Behind the Movies podcast. Alternatively, Elip wrecks the films you love. Each week we're watching a film, we'll then use the podcast as a short and snappy film review with a particular focus on any topical employment issues arising from the plot. So, the film you picked last week, Jack, was Filth. Do you want to do a brief plot in one sentence, JB? Yeah, absolutely. I'll give it a go. Go on in one breath. One breath. (laughs) A corrupt junkie cop with bipolar disorder attempts to manipulate his way through a promotion in order to win back his wife and daughter while fighting his inner demons. Pretty good, Jack. Pretty good. Bruce Robertson, who's played by James McAvoy, is a detective sergeant in the Edinburgh Police Force. He's a scheming, manipulative, methanthropic bully. New word for me, misanthropic. <laughs> Means he doesn't like people. Okay, good. He spends his free time indulging in drugs, alcohol, abusive sexual relationships, um, and as stated at the start, he's also bipolar. And during the film, what happens is a vacancy comes up for the job of detective inspector, promotion of sorts. Um, and Bruce in the frame for that promotion, isn't he, Jack? He is indeed. However, the movie sort of follows Bruce through various twists and turns as, as he and his colleagues jockey for pole position to get this promotion. Bruce's mental health and drug abuse spiral to a bad place by the end of the film. And ultimately, Bruce doesn't get the promotion as expected, but is also demoted to constable. Um, lucky to avoid dismissal, in my view. Um, <laughs> okay, so in this film, there was a lot of... Gaslight, wasn't it, Jack? A lot of gaslighting in this film. Absolutely. The gaslighting is pretty prevalent throughout the film and it's a tactic that seems to be widely deployed by Bruce to get his colleagues um, to sort of doubt themselves and that. And I think he tries to play them off each other as well to his favour. Yeah, and gaslighting is a form of psychological abuse where an employee is caused to question his or her own sanity, memories or perception of reality. People who are gaslit often um, get confused, anxious, can trust themselves or others around them. So again, it's pretty unusual um, to see in this film this kind of blatant form of gaslighting. You seem to have a lot of knowledge of gaslighting, Simon. <laughs> by, my, by yourself, Jack. <laughs> you gaslight me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Good in. Okay, so what employment law issues we've identified? We've picked out a handful of them that we could discuss. As you say, Sider, we could have picked any number, <laughs> uh, but we've got to keep an eye on the time for this. So the first one, as we've said, Bruce is up against some stiff competition from his colleagues for this promotion. And one of his colleagues is a chap named Peter Ingalls, who Bruce suspects to be gay. So Bruce pens some homophobic graffiti about Peter in the gents' toilets. Bruce walks into an office when Peter's present and says, what? I'm your union representative, so I have to let it bother me. I can't have your character defending this outrageous manner any longer. I'm going straight to the top, 
Somebody's playing silly billies here, and I just hope, I just hope that I don't find out who. Okay, with that, Bruce storms into the Chief Inspector's office, doesn't he, Jack? He does indeed. Let's reenact the scene. Who do you want to play? I'll be Bruce. You be a boss. Good, fine. Familiar language here. Gaffer, gaffer, (laughs) I want you to come and see some more of this disgusting graffiti that's been written about poor Peter Ingalls. I don't have time for everything. As a fed rep, I don't have time to see a fellow officer humiliated. Of course, of course. Listen, Robo, Peter isn't... uh... What, sir? You're going to have to be careful what you say here. He isn't, like the graffiti says, is he? Whether he is or isn't, it's entirely his own business, but he's being harassed and we operate a non-discriminatory policy on the grounds of sexual orientation. But he can't be sexually harassed if he's not really, well... What, sir? Gay, I think the fashionable term is for nowadays. Um, So again, this is a situation whereby um, the allegation, I suppose, which can be levelled with the employer by Peter is the fact that potentially he's been subject to harassment. So as we know, harassment is unwanted conduct related to a practical characteristic which has a purpose or effect of creating an intimidating, offensive, humiliating or hostile environment for the employee. Absolutely. And the law's kind of moved on a little bit since the Everyn Welsh's book was released in 1988 because we now have the... 1998, sorry. Mm-hmm. We now have the Equality Act in place and that's evolved to the kind of we now know this um, concept of discrimination by perception, totally. which can also be unlawful. It can occur where someone is treated less favourably because of their perceived sexual orientation. So Peter Ingalls, who is accused to be gay in this film, doesn't get the job because Chief Inspector Toll said that he was gay. That made a claim against um, the employer on the basis of perceived discrimination. Is that right, Jack? Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the early cases that was about that was the Carphone Warehouse. That's right. Where they had somebody who was perceived to be gay, was harassed, I think, via Facebook and won a case of discrimination, even though he wasn't gay. Um, And that's exactly what happens here. Harassment can occur where someone is subject to unwanted conduct related to the perceived sexual orientation, which has the purpose or effect of creating the intimidating offensive, humiliating or otherwise degrading environment for that person. And the EHRC Employment Code talks about direct perceptive discrimination occurring where an employer, for example, rejects a job application from a white woman where the employer believes the person, the, the applicant is black because she has an African sounding name. So that was an example used in the Employment Code, um, which you cited from. A bit like that case when I had when I was a trainee when totally. the guy didn't get the job because he phoned up and he had a very thick African accent. Totally, totally. And that case went well. Okay, so employment issue number two, Jack, what is? What? So this is a, a Bruce and his colleagues are having a workplace gathering in the office. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's maybe Christmas, but it doesn't really matter. They drink some booze, Bruce does some drugs, then Bruce suggests a rather neat game, doesn't he, Simon? Bruce suggests all the male colleagues photocopy their private parts, <laughs> pin the copy's notice board, and the females guess whose manhood belongs to who. Sounds like a great game. <laughs> and Bruce, rather ingeniously, uses the enhance zoom feature on the copier to enhance his offering. Nice, nice. So again, is there a claim there of harassment, would you say, Jack? Well, I think the first question we would have to ask is, was that really unwanted um, conduct? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think in the, in, the, in the scene in question, when the game, when Bruce comes up with this idea, the fe- one of the female officers who's present says, let's do it. Okay. Other females were present too, weren't they? So again, could they say unwanted conduct potentially? 
Probably could, yeah. I don't think they can be dragged down by the just because one of the females was up, up for playing this ridiculous game. No, so again, it's a claim for harassment by everyone probably who was at the work party um, on the basis of potentially um, sex-related harassment. Is that fair, Jack? That's fair, yeah. I mean, I think it would be not just females that would be offended by that. I mean, guys would be offended by that too. Imagine you said to me, Chris's party, photocopy our private parts. You, you definitely need the Zoom feed. <laughs> <laughs> cut that, cut that. Cut, cut. <laughs> um, okay, so should, uh, should Bruce be disciplined the following day for gross misconduct, do you think, Simon? I think so. It's like, a, kind of, I think that was potentially gross misconduct, wasn't it? And again, we often see employers, you know, for example, the employer's handbook won't say, you know, gross misconduct includes encouraging your colleagues to photocopy their private parts, displaying the notice board. That's not clearly kind of stated as gross misconduct, is it, Jack? No, you, if that was in the handbook, you would have to question what was going <laughs> through the mind of the person who drafted it. But you would expect, as a good HR professional, that if the, the handbook's been drafted well, it will say that this is just a list of examples and it's not intended to be exhaustive. Okay, so that's employment law issue number two. Issue number three, Jack, is what... Issue three is the Christmas party again. Again, again. It's always the Christmas party, isn't it? Mm -hmm. uh, in this instance, an Indian colleague passes around some kebabs. Mm -hmm. um, and there are two older coppers present. Old one, Scottish coppers present. Yeah, so one old Scottish copper says to the other old Scottish copper, I tell you, Gus, this is the only kind of networking I don't mind with the Indian community. And the second person says, I do love a good curry all the same. So again, neither constable are Indians, are they? They're no. both Scottish. They're both Scottish. Would they have a claim on the basis of race-related harassment, Jack, would you say? I mean, I think there's certainly some potential there. It's kind of it's kind of straining to that territory of uh, national origin or race or something. Totally. Um, talking totally. about that's the only kind of Indian that I would want to network with when I'm getting a curry. Mm -hmm, totally. So it's kind of derogatory towards Indians. So yeah, I can, can cl clearly see that that's going to be problematic if there was uh, ever an issue raised. What if, for example, somebody else was in earshot and they happened to be married to an Indian? That's true. Then there would be a claim. Totally, totally. So that's an issue number three. Issue number four is a fact two. Um, I think when Bruce's drug and alcohol problem take hold of him, the chief inspector suggests that his female, Detective Sergeant Drummond, um, takes over the role of interim detective inspector post. So again, he's always been told, listen, you know, um, you're not good enough. We'll let this female detective, Sergeant Drummond, do the interim job um, on the basis that potentially she'll get it. Mm -hmm. Shall we reenact the scene? <laughs> okay, who do you want to play? I'll be DS Drummond. <laughs> okay, fine. Bruce, can I have a word? Of course you can, sweetheart. Do you have to refer to me in that condescending way? Mandy, you're taking this far too seriously. My name is Amanda. <laughs> yeah, I like to have Jack. Good accent for me too. Was that Cockney Glasgow? That what it was? No idea. Cockney what it Edinburgh. Was. Blair Gowrie. <laughs> so, uh, do you claim there? Do you think for DS Drummond, the basis that you know um, Bruce Robertson says you know um, sweetheart calls her by her um, pet name Mandy, not Amanda? What do you think? Yeah, I would say there could well be something there. Would he? Would he call a man sweetheart? Who knows? But probably not. Probably not. But it's a further example of Bruce's um, inappropriate behaviour in the workplace, mm -hmm. gaslighting, condescending mm -hmm. of his colleagues. Yep. Um, and 
all in all leads you to conclude that he's not a particularly pleasant individual to work with. No, don't Simon. Think so. Unlike both of of us. Nice one, Jack. Nice one. Um, Okay, so time to talk. We don't have time to talk about this, do we, Jack? A few things we missed. Mm -hmm. Um, For example, things are bloody difficult for me at the moment, Bruce, with this murder case nuisance. On top of that, not only is there a latent Nazi racist homophobe, but a bloody Jesse boy in the hat for the inspector's post. Yikes. And of course, Chief Inspector Toll says, how can we have someone of his disposition leading fellow officers? Come on, Robo. How can you have confidence in a man who's constantly undressing you with his eyes, masturbating over images of you? It would be a compromise. (laughs) Pretty bad, isn't it? Pretty bad. Um, Surely that's a bit caveman, Bob, you know. In some parts of the country, the force even advertising the gay press. And he says, this isn't part of the country. This is Scotland by Christ. <laughs> so again, it's pretty awful for everyone concerned, isn't it? I would say, yeah, these are these these exchanges are all quite, um, you know, quite problematic if it was to be a claim regarding a breach of the Equality Act all to do with sexual orientation or totally. indeed perceived. Totally. So take away tips, Jack. Should we do three, shall we? Let's do three, yeah. Okay, tip number one is what, Jack? Tip number one is remember that harassment can imply even if the victim doesn't hold the relevant protected characteristic in question. Good. Tip two is remember the importance that the conduct has to be unwanted to trigger harassment. So again, has to be unwanted conduct before it can trigger the harassment definition. Perfect. And then thirdly, um, if you're an employer, investigate all the circumstances of the alleged incident to assess whether or not it was reasonable for the victim to be offended, humiliated, degraded, blah, blah. Good. Okay. Marks out 10 for this film, Jack. What marks are you giving for your choice of film, Filth? I'm going to give it an eight. Great acting from McAvoy. Can I give negative numbers, Jack? No. Can I say my, minus 10? <laughs> you can give it whatever you want, Simon. I would like to give it, uh, it was brutal to start with, but it got better as it got on. I felt really sorry for poor Bruce at the end because, spoiler alert, he kills himself at the end, doesn't he? He does. And he breaks the fourth wall and says, same rules apply, and then basically kills himself. Yeah, it's quite a sad ending. Totally. So I would give it possibly a five. Very generous, Simon. I was expecting <laughs> I <think> so. it too. <laughs> I think so. Okay, next film, my choice, isn't it? Yes. A listener suggested we use a Disney film. Okay. So right. I'm going to pick potentially Zootropolis to watch this week. Sounds good. I've never heard of that one, Simon. Have you heard of that film? Yes, I've watched it before. And again, it's a really interesting film because it features a young rabbit okay. who wants to be a police officer. Interesting. And you'll see issues of stereotyping, Mm-hmm. bias, prejudice to talk about next week sounds good to me Simon so I'll need to watch that one I haven't seen Zootropolis good if you want to subscribe to the podcast please use your normal podcast host alternatively if you would like to leave us a review to let us know what you think of these episodes we would be very grateful we always like to hear from our listeners to um, help us shape and inform our future episodes good right so that's done today that's good cheers, cheers Simon and cheerio cheerio